We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live Sunday, November 19th on the heels of a Thunder demolition. Dominating got dominated tonight as the Thunder go into Portland and win the game. Hold on, I'm getting the score pulled up because I thought I had it ready and I didn't. 134 to 91, a new franchise record for uh blowout <laughs> <laughs> winning by a lot of points like point differential <laughs> point franchise yes. record okay. first win I'm, first host win, for the evening. Record. I'm your host for the evening jacob niffin that first voice you just heard that is taylor peterson we've it's also got understand we've also got nick crane here wow wouldn't expect me to go second uh highest true shooting percentage in nba history tonight and we've got justin peabody hello everybody before we dive into this game, Saturday night, just basketball as a whole, which is incredible in Oklahoma City right now. The vibes are just sky high. I want to let you guys know that we are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can also find us on any podcast platform you of your choice that you listen to. So go make sure you subscribe. Drop that five-star rating. Write us a nice little review. We haven't had a nice little review in a while. That would uh, That would mean a lot to us. You can also catch every podcast live on YouTube. So make sure you're subbed to the YouTube channel so you can catch us during every post game. Come and hang out in the chat, which is always wild. You can also find us on all social media channels. And I was actually thinking about this today. So we have arguably, I don't even think it's arguably, the best Thunder shirts, like novelty Thunder shirts, not official team licensed stuff that you can get anywhere. They are on cottonbureau.com. Uh, we will drop the link in the chat and in the podcast description. But I was thinking earlier, like I get excited when we sell a lot of really cool shirts because 
it's like podcast shirts. I can't imagine how Justin feels being the one that makes all of those shirts and designs <laughs> them all, then sees people spend money on them. How does it feel, Justin? Not bad. <laughs> Next on the docket, we need we need some uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender crossover. Oh my gosh, here. there it is. <laughs> Nick's if, all in. I, I love it. it. If we could do that, dude, I would weep. Justin? I I'm currently um, trying to work on Chet Holmgren, Abraham Lincoln puns. Oh. That's my that's my my next venture. I love it. Love it. All right. Well, gentlemen, let's dive in. We got a ton of stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, the Thunder being awesome. We are going to take a trip around the association, uh, talk about the standings in the East and the West. But let's lead off with the most recent thing, which Taylor told us tonight, a 134-91 to 91 victory over the Portland Trailblazers. Just an absolutely absurd game that the Thunder dominated from tip-off. Uh, went up 11-2 early and really just never looked back. No starter for the Thunder played more than 23 minutes. The only player that did play more than 23 minutes in this game was Trey Mann with 24. The Thunder played 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 15 guys on the roster tonight. 15 <laughs> dudes got burned. Uh, like our guy, Carrie Cicero. Yeah. Our guy, Carrie Cicero, was in attendance in Portland tonight. Uh, I think at one point, Mark looked up in the in the stands and motioned for him to come down to get some run. Um, they were playing anyone and everyone uh, because they just, I mean, it was a, it was a slaughter. Uh, Shea leads the way, 28 points. Nick, we always like to do these post games as the big theme of the game. What's the theme of the game tonight? We are close to saying that this team's three-point shooting is legit. Like, maybe not 60% legit like we saw oh, tonight. Oh, come on. Um, but, I mean, a lot of teams start hot. That's just the reality. This team, like, the three-point shooting at minimum feels very real. Gosh, yeah. I've been, like, wanting that for so long as a Thunder fan. It's pretty incredible to see. It's it's insane that, you know, 14 games is not a nothing sample size. And I That's keep the waiting. League. Yeah. And I keep I keep waiting for the regression, right? And I think it probably happens at some point, but it could still happen and you could still be like top tier of the league, which is that's the insane part to me right now is that I think illustrates how good they're shooting. Like tonight's numbers, 60% from the floor, 61% from behind the arc and 100% from the free throw stripe. That's like the shooting stats you put up when you know it's time to go up a difficulty level in 2K. So that's just absurd. The Thunder as a team this season, as a team are shooting 50, 40, 87. That's absurd. Like, absurd. As a team. <laughs> I love what Justin said there, too. It's like, okay, yes, we probably will have a regression back to the mean, but I think the most exciting thing to both of your guys' points is that the mean is much higher this season than it probably has ever been, especially during this iteration of the Thunder. Yeah. Uh, and that's extremely exciting. Has an entire team ever hit the 50, 40, 90 club? No, no, there's <laughs> Doubtful. Players that have ever Doubtful. Um, I'll tell you, tell you one thing, and that is that uh, I believe our guy Chip England maybe deserves a raise. Dude. <laughs> if he's not already the highest paid assistant in the league. Like, they got that dude from San Antonio. I, I don't think his uh, paycheck's low. 
Well, he's he's <laughs> worth more than what he's getting. Um, I asked Nick what the theme of the game was. Justin, if you couldn't go with shooting, what would you say the theme is? Of tonight's game, it's that everything is awesome. Um, maybe a dated reference now, but shout out Lego, the Lego movie. The vibes are immaculate. Everybody's rolling. You had no J-Dub tonight, which I thought, like, second night of a back-to-back, coming off an emotional overtime win, no J-Dub. Like, there was a trap scenario coming into tonight where the Thunder sleepwalk into this one, they don't look polished, and they lose. But instead, they just step on their throats. And I think up and down this team, you got contributions from pretty much everybody. Uh, Shay was doing Shay things. Chet was being just as awesome as he was last night in Oakland or San Francisco. Rather, Josh Giddy had some nice minutes, uh, bench contributions from everybody, most notably Isaiah Joe, uh, Wiggins, also a great contribution. I just think like tonight was a night where you saw no weaknesses. You saw no weak spots that hasn't been every game, but definitely like this road trip. It just feels like everything's clicking for this team. It's inevitably, just like we talked about on the shooting, it's going to regress. They're going to go through a stretch that probably looks as bad as this stretch has looked good. But it's hard to deny what the ceiling and the potential of this team is. And we're only 14 games in the season. Like, we're, it's, it's only going to get higher from here. You mentioned Isaiah Joe. I think I saw a stat that he's 13 of 15 on his last 15 three-pointers. No it's, no, it's probably more like 14 of 17, I think. It's absurd. It's that crazy. is absurd. He went uh, five of six tonight from three, 15 points. I mean, Insane. he, I feel like we talk about him a lot and I still feel like he's the unsung guy of this team. He is, he's not a good three point shooter. He is a good basketball player. He can drive, he can pass, he can create, he defends his ass off. Philly cut this guy. Yeah. Like, that's wild to me. Amazing, Taylor, if you had to choose a theme that the other two haven't already chosen, what would you go with? I think my thing, and I tweeted this out, uh, or I had a tweet whenever I saw that, Anthony Simon, Scoot Henderson, Ish uh, Wainwright, who honestly is like... Who was the first one? Anthony Simons? Okay. <laughs> I thought he said Anthony. I, I heard thought he said Anthony, Anthony too. Thank you. Uh, Ish Wainwright, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Robert Williams the third. All these players are out for the Blazers, and kind of something that Justin touched on there. I just I tweeted out like second like, I have a back to back. They're coming off a ridiculous. What do you what do you call State. that? What do you call that, Taylor? Or yeah, Taylor. <clears throat> a Sega Baba. Shout out our guy Silva. <laughs> the Sega Baba. Sega Baba. And I just felt like kind of like Justin mentioned. I could see this team just kind of like struggling to put this one away, mainly because I'm scarred from you know the past. What, gosh, not even this iteration of the Thunder, but the previous yeah, one as well. Right. They come out, as you mentioned, Jacob, incredible stat. I think the most that a Thunder starter played was 23 minutes. That's significant. Like just the depth of this team, their ability to put teams away when they should. It's very refreshing as a Thunder fan and extremely exciting. Uh, whether they're making these shots or not, like I, I think they could have come out and not shot very well and still put this team away by 20. I, still put the Blazers away by 20. And I think the the depth of this team and their, their poise is just – really exciting as a Thunder fan. Good and agree more. Uh, the Thunder are leading the league in field goal percentage and in three-point percentage, and they're number two in free throw percentage. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> wild. 
That is wild. And I did the think they got some more calls uh, in regards to getting to the free throw line tonight, which was kind of nice to see. But again, it was against a team. I don't know. I like to see that a little more against a a more competitive team. We'll see if that can continue. But I did that did stand out to me as a, a quick aside. According to uh, NBA.com slash stats, the Thunder are also sixth in defensive rating and seventh in offensive rating. That's Seems pretty good. good. They are third in net rating at an 8.5. Who's above them? In net rating? Yep. That would be the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics, the two best teams in the league. One of those teams are on the schedule upcoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of scared about that game, <laughs> if we're being honest. Joel Embiid might have 70. But <laughs> <laughs> little Chet. Um, speaking of Chet, we got to talk about Chet a little bit because Nick and Justin weren't on the show last night that Taylor and I were on. Chet tonight played 20 minutes, uh, 16 points on 100, 100, 100 shooting splits. Six of six, two of two, two of two. Uh, had six rebounds and two blocks. Uh, tons of contests at the rim, just altering Portland shots left and right. Um, Taylor and I just sat on the podcast and fanboyed about Chet Holmgren last night for like 20 minutes. So, Nick, Justin, I'm going to give you guys the floor just to talk about what you've seen from Chet tonight, last night, the season, uh, your expectations, where he's been at in relation to those expectations. Floor is your guys. Take it over. Uh, I'll kick us off, I suppose. Um, Maybe what stuck out the most is understanding at the NBA level what is a good shot, what is a bad shot, what is a good pass, what is a bad pass, when to contest, when to, like, just when to do the right things at the right time, which is, like, what it comes down to when it comes to feel and and IQ on a basketball court at the NBA level. Um, Not to make this a Wimby versus Chet thing, you don't see that from Wimby. That said... Uh, he wasn't playing at even if like Chet last season probably would have been very similar, but playing at Gonzaga is very different than playing overseas in a French league, though a good French league. Um, so he's like we've talked about Michich having to adjust to the NBA. Like Wimby's doing the same thing. Like it's it's a very different game. Um, Wimby aside though, like the guy just does the right things. Like six of six, he in a game like this. The average rookie probably comes in thinking, oh, we're up 20 early. I'm going to go jack some shots up. I'm going to go try to get my 30-piece. Chet's like, nah, if I'm open, I'll take it. If I'm not, I'll pass it in the flow of the offense. And I'll finish with 16 points on perfect shooting and call it a day. It's impressive. I think the the maturity stands out. Um, it's something that we talked about, I think, in the offseason, hopefully, right? We talked talked about it optimistically of like, you know, guys that miss their rookie year because of injury, when they do finally see the court, they have a little bit more of that maturity baked in because he's been around the organization. I think you're seeing that come out. But more importantly than that, the dog is off the leash. And that's my takeaway is like, woof, Chet's going at guys. You saw it in San Francisco last night against the Warriors talking all kinds of mess after hitting that three-pointer, but even just like the calmness and the composure with which he shot that, he didn't look like a rookie shooting a game-tying three-pointer with a guy in his face against the Warriors in their arena. He looked like a guy in his driveway just putting shots up. Like Andrew Wiggins was not six inches from his face. 
Like it was so impressive that that he doesn't play like a rookie. Not only the maturity, but just like seeing it on the court. He look he's looking more comfortable, which is incredible because he didn't look that uncomfortable to begin with. But it's like a noticeable shift with him on the on the court right now. That again, you're probably due for a regression at some point, but he's gonna keep getting better, just like overall better throughout the season. That for me, it's it's raising my expectations for yeah. where I think Chet can go this season. So I didn't have the chance to listen to last night's pod. So if you guys talked about this, give me the short answer. If you didn't talk about it, give me the long answer. Besides you, Taylor. Uh, <laughs> Asshole. Thinking about <laughs> thinking about your expectations for Chet coming in and like what you envisioned for him and like the moments you thought would happen and how he'd look on the court. <clears throat> Would you say that this is like better than you ever could have expected? Oh yeah. I had high expectations, but they were mainly defensively. The offense has blown me away. Blown me away. Justin was just talking about that shot to force overtime, that three pointer. I said it last night on the pod. I've heard other people on podcasts and just in general conversation. I've watched that shot a thousand times, Justin. That same long, lanky turnaround yeah. pull up from mm-hmm. three. I've watched it a thousand times. The guy was just 28 numbers higher in Oklahoma City. And it's they so both true. wore it at the same number, I, I guess, when KD was in Brooklyn. So, I mean, it very KD esque. Uh, to answer your, your question, Nick, Jacob and I kind of touched on it, but I, I just mentioned last night. Like, I, I think back to when the Thunder got the number two pick overall in the lottery. Uh, and there's that that video of Jacob and Sola and I all going crazy. <laughs> and even then, when we were pretty certain the Thunder would select Chet, because uh, there's already talk about Paulo going one, all the, or, sorry, it wasn't Paulo, it was uh, Joyce Smith Jr. going one. And we were pretty certain that Chet would be a Thunder. Like, even then, I'm not sure like this early on that we were expecting what we've seen already from an office standpoint. It wasn't just last night. I think to Justin's point, like Chet building off last night's game coming in and just, I mean, picking up right back where, where he left off last night. I think kind of the, the big moment there was that just ridiculous play that he had. I think it was still in the first quarter, right? Where he drove uh, Deandre Ayton contest him. And he just had like a ridiculous lay in uh, where he just absolutely torched Ayton. I mean, that is just, that's next level. I he's, agree with what, what what you said, Jacob. I think the the offensive toolkit that he's displayed so far is just so far beyond what I expected. I expected the defense, the shot blocks, that the kind of like seismic shift that we've seen on the defensive end for the Thunder because they've just never had a rim. Pro- this iteration of the Thunder has not had a rim protector like that. But like. In my most irrational state last night watching the Warriors game, there's a moment where it's like, oh, so this is what the Thunder would have looked like if Kevin Durant and Serge Ibaka were one person. Because like that's kind of what it felt like. Like He's that's changing incredible. the defense like Serge did on those teams, but then he's doing just ridiculous things on the offensive end. Like I said, don't hold me to that take. But last <laughs> night, that thought crossed my mind. I think we, um, preseason, we all talked, like, I can't remember where we said. I think we might have set Chet points per game over under at, like, 13 and a half. Yeah. That sounds right. Do you guys know where he's at right now? 
It's probably just below 17, like 16, 3, 16, 4, 17, 1. <laughs> Price is right. <laughs> he is 17, 1. Okay. Oh, there 17. you go. 17.1 well points per well, game. Well, last guess, best guess. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> On 55, 44, 90 splits. <laughs> Eight it's rebounds, two point eight assists, a steal, and two point two blocks a game. That blocks number gets me really excited too. I mean, that's uh, the blocks that's are actually a little bit lower than I thought they'd be. Yeah, but that doesn't take away from the defensive impact. I'll no, tell you I, this. I'll tell you this. Uh, like Justin mentioned, this this Thunder team has not this iteration has not had a shot blocker. I mean, <clears throat> even post surge, that team had yeah. guys that could block shots, but never like a. a True. Badass rim protector. Um, if this season has taught me anything, I think that NBA stats are rigged because I swear <laughs> there will be like three blocks that Chet has. Even if he like lightly, you know, hits it with his finger and it's like, oh, that was a block. You look at the box where it's like one. And I'm like, who's tracking these stats? We got to go get yeah. that Grizzlies stat keeper. I, that's what I was about that's to say. Only way. <laughs> get the guy that was cooking those JJJ numbers. Yeah. So I, I I mean, blocks are a stat that I've not really looked at on Thunderbox scores for a while. Yeah, right. Right. Haven't needed to. Have not needed to. Uh, you guys know who is second on the team in blocks per game? Shea. Shea. Shea is actually fourth at oh, 0. Wow. 0.8 per game. Josh is right behind him at 0. 0.7. Second is a guy that hasn't played much, Olivier Saar. Uh, but third lame. is Lou Dort. Wow. Wow. So good for Lou. Shout out Lou. Lou's been solid and a very, very more limited role. Um, has kind of adjusted, I think, perfectly, just as we would have liked to to see. Uh, is playing within his role and has had a huge impact on both ends of the floor, whether it's the spot-up shooting, which has been significant. We're seeing a lot more corner threes from Lou, which is really exciting. I don't have those stats pulled up, so don't quote me on that. Uh, but regardless, his, his catch-and-shoot three-point shooting has been awesome. Not forcing it when he's driving to the rim. In fact, even creating for others, like Lou's been fantastic in, in his more limited role. But it is interesting to see games like last night, and Jake and I talked about this, but, uh, you know, Kaysen Wallace getting more burn on Steph Curry rather than Lou coming in, you know, there in that fourth quarter until towards the end of the fourth and then into overtime. Like, just what a luxury it is, it is to have guys who can come and kind of fill that role for Lou. And Oh, yeah. Amazing. It's awesome. Uh, can you guys guess the Thunder's top five and plus minus? Isaiah Joe one, or not number one, but one of the five. <laughs> Isaiah Joe is number three at six point two. Yeah, Shea Chet. Yep, Shea is number two at seven point eight. Chet is number four at four point eight. So who's one and five? Dort and Wallace. No and no. Oh, I was going to go with Dort. I think I... Nick should know number one. I feel like Nick's tweeted some stuff that would lead you to believe who number one is on our Twitter account. Maybe it wasn't Nick tweeting it. I don't know. I, I just got I, Nick vibes whenever I read I it. I think I've uh, bamboozled myself because I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted a lot of, of things. <laughs> Dub? N- neither guy. Dub is not in the top five. Wow. Neither guy has played all of the games. Wiggins? No. Jay Will? Nope. Good grief. Who are we forgetting of here? There's two guys. Oh, one Kenny five. Hustle for sure. Kenny there Hustle is number one with a plus yeah. minus of there 12. You go. Duh. Um, so there's one more? Mm-hmm. Number five. 
Oh, is it the uh, the twenty nine year old with braces? It is the twenty nine year old with braces. <laughs> oh, One, Vasa Micic. Those were my tweets. Well done. Those were my <laughs> guilty. The, the Kenrich one. There's been a lot of tweets about Kenrich being like undefeated with the team. Was has that oh, not been you? Those were also me. Okay. And I've had, I've had plenty of Vasa <laughs> tweets too. Don't you worry. Okay. Yeah, Kenrich and Micic are the uh, the other ones. Which Silva said the other day that we need a Kenrich Micic good cop bad cop uh, sitcom. And I just thought that was uh that was that was pretty good. Guys, any other the thoughts brothers. from tonight's game against Portland or yesterday's game against the Golden State Warriors before we move on? So what I mean, we just... haven't even we haven't even mentioned Shea. Yeah, good point. Pretty good. He just that casually guy. went for twenty eight on ten of thirteen. Uh one of one from three, seven of seven from the free throw line, three rebounds, four assists, and a steal tonight. Not Casual bad. superstar stuff. That was in 23 Unreal. minutes, by the way. I will pose the question. It's a fill-in-the-blank question. Best Thunder team since? Ooh. That 2016 team, maybe? Oh, I'm, wow. I'm, going, I'm, I'm going the Western Conference Finals team. Wow. You think this team is better than the PG Mellow Russ teams? Yeah, they suck. That team, like, <laughs> underwhelmed. <laughs> underwhelmed relative expectations. So, yeah, we're also under team. 20 games. They right? got their asses beat in the first round. Yes. Like, I think this team will go farther than that team you did. Think about, you think about the, the end state of that season, but there was yes. points like PG's MVP. They were humming. Season. Oh, yeah. We were on the Before Dre went down. Yeah. Yeah. They were humming for sure. Yeah. That that's probably where I'd go. Like that what was it? 2018 19? Yeah. Something like that. that. That team had some high highs. Yeah. Versus the 2016 looked dysfunctional. Yeah. And then they Most, had the especially down the stretch. That's a good point. And we're like, oh, we'll just turn the switch on now. Yeah. yeah. Right. I did like the comparison though that Jacob made. Uh to wait, gosh, what year was that now, Jacob? But the the team that uh, the young Harden, that was the 0910 team. 09010 yeah. that that the 010 faced the team. Lakers 09, in the first 010. round. 2910. <laughs> hey, one last <laughs> stat though <laughs> before we before we go away from this game, only because Woj retweeted it. This is from Matt Williams at, at Stats Williams. The Thunder tonight against the Trailblazers, 60.5%. 60, oh, we already talked about the stats. They're the first team in at least the last 25 years to shoot 60% from the field. 60% from three and 100% on free throws in a single game. That's what was so wild. It was like even when the Thunder put the bottom of the bench in, like Lenny Waters is hitting threes, Trey Mann hit a three, Olivier Saar hit a three. Like they were just pouring it on. It was one of those nights. Oh, yeah. Wild. Uh, Justin, Nick, I'm going to flip the question back to you. What has to happen over the next month and a half for you to change your answer on best Thunder team since? To my answer, instead of your PG Russ Mellow answer, <laughs> um, they have to win every game. Oh wow! It, it would be hard to change my answer over the next month and a half. Okay. I think that's the part of the question I, I struggle with. Got to see a longer, longer sample size. I think it would Fair. take it would take either Cheddar Dub, Josh too, though I think it's less likely to really be like a bona fide all star. Like, as good as PG was that year, you still had yeah. Russ. You still had yeah. Mello, who was kind of washed. Like, you still had Russ, who was still in his peak at that time. 
So yep. even if Shea's top three MVP like PG was, you need Cheddar Dub to be like, this guy's a no-brainer all-star. For yep. me to think that team is – this team is is as talented as that team. What if like each as of them – As talented or better? <laughs> both. And is, is there a differentiation frankly. between the two? There's a huge differentiation, but and like the answer is still both. What if neither of them emerge kind of as that guy, but they're both having games as such and almost trading off games? Like I think that could be a realistic scenario where each of them are performing really well. Just um, I don't know. I think be to, to, to be a, a high, the highest of high ceilings, you got to have superstar talent at the top. Like when you get in the playoffs, depth gets less important because you played seven, eight main rotations. You got to have the stars like – the Thunder, that's, that's the thing about the Thunder. If this team, not to rabbit hole it now, we're not going to talk about it now. If they make the playoffs, all of a sudden it's like, who the hell do you not play? Yeah. Does Mark just go sure. orthodox and say, point. you're going to run seven guys, we're going to run 12? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's it, run 15. <laughs> What's going to happen? All right, let's take our first break of the night. On the other side, we will talk some bigger Thunder themes and get an update on our uh predictions on the season and we will predict this coming week we will be right back stay tuned we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are back. Gentlemen, after the week that was, I want to know what's next for this team. People on Twitter have been blowing us up about trades they need to make um, to get better or some national NBA people, not like writers or credentialed people, but some people with a lot of clout are tweeting really shitty Zach Levine trades to Oklahoma City uh, and apparently using hardcore drugs. But what is next for this team? Like, do priorities start to shift? Are we going to see a stretch of games where Oos plays 15 to 20 minutes a night? He wasn't on the road trip. Like, does the experimentation continue? At what point does the switch flip? Or, or like, will it ever? Um, do they start to look for, like, what's the best compliment around Shea, Dub, and Chet? Where are you at on the giddy question? Like, what's next? What's the giddy question? Just fit and struggle so far this season. I still think there's like these circled games. Like Oos has not been on the road trip. I bet you on November 28th. I don't have to play on that day. But there's already there's already a game this month that like Oos 
his, his, his development plan was don't travel on the road to trip, play with the blue, come back. You're going to get limited minutes here, but then like, this is your game. It's still circled. I don't think they're going to change that path. Um, so I think there will be, I don't, I don't think there's going to be games where it's like Oos and Lindy and Olivier Saar play a bunch of minutes. And it's like, this team doesn't care about winning, but I think there will be games where it's like, this is a, like tonight was a Trey man game. Like, I don't think even if the Thunder team struggled, I think Trey man was still going to play minutes. It was, it was like his circled game on the calendar for Trey man. I think that's what we see more of. It's like every night there's going to be, Oh, it's this guy's night. And the Davis Bertans game. <laughs> I, I do keep wondering about that. Davis, you're shooting 15 threes tonight. This is your circled game. <laughs> this is it. Every time it it's like me, uh, my, I think I was a freshman and no, I was a sophomore in high school. I went and played with this AAU team out of Tulsa gym time hoops. It was me and a bunch of seniors from like, gosh, I'm trying to remember who were the Cardinals, Nick. Do you remember in Tulsa? They're a red team. I'm going blank on that. Regardless, it was a bunch central? of uh, yeah, 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 yeah. East Central, I think, or, or yeah, Central. East Central. Central. East, Central. East Central is the Cardinals. Yeah. And so uh, it was me, one of the youngest players on the team, one of the shortest and smallest. Uh, also, I was in the minority of that team. I'll just go ahead and say that. And so every time I was out there, they told me, when you touch the ball, shoot, shoot. Don't do anything else. Shoot. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, that may be the direction that Davos Bertans gets. One of these days when he's out there on the floor. His minutes weren't bad tonight, but Portland Trailblazers are also just ass. Very, very bad. I don't think anything changes. It uh, we're, we're only 14 games in. And I think, you know, we we've touted the 20 game sample size. We're not there yet. Who knows what the next six, right? They could, they could skid the next six. Not saying I think that's likely, but like it could happen. They could come out the next game and play flat against the Bulls, which would be like unbearably disappointing. And then who that get worked by the Sixers and who knows what happens next, right? Like this can change. The winds can change very, very quickly. That said, where they're at after 14 games is better than I anticipated where they would be at, where they would be at after 14 games. Regardless of that, Everything this team has told us, this front office has told us, this ownership has told us, is that they are going to stay the course. I don't think anything changes. Despite what NBA Twitter would tell you, I don't think Sam Presti is all of a sudden like getting antsy to go make trade calls. Absolutely not. I, I don't think Mark Dagnall is getting antsy to be like, well, yeah, maybe I need to tighten up my rotations. Maybe maybe we need to you know stop getting these guys developmental minutes. Maybe we need to shorten this up and and go win more games. Like nobody within the organization is feeling that emotion. They're not riding that high like the fans are at the moment. And I think what's going to be interesting for, from my perspective is seeing that fan excitement and momentum clash with the like slow your roll organizational mindset. Because right. we're we're heading that direction very quickly. There's so let people, me... there's people in the chat tonight talking about how, like, the Thunder need to move on from Usman Jang. You see people talking about how they need to d- trade Giddy. Like, people are so quick on the trigger that thank God the GM is not right. But like, that's going to continue to be a clash as this team continues to show how good it can be. People are going to get more and more antsy for for a splashy move well and 
in hindsight now, I know it's easy to laugh about, but people were losing their damn minds that Lindy Waters played in that Kings game. Yeah, I was going to mention, I, I mean, I, I did think that was a little frustrating. I don't think we see as much of that as we do to Justin's point. Like, there is a lot of value in getting a player like Usman Jang minutes once he comes back from the blue. Saw that with Trey Mann, Poku, here are the past couple of seasons when they come back from the blue. Especially, like, to your point, Justin, after this Bulls game is coming, uh, coming up, the Thunder have the Sixers, the Timberwolves, the Lakers, the Mavericks, the Jazz, the Kings, the Nuggets, and, and then they play the Grizzlies. And we probably will see a player like Usman Jane come in and get some pretty solid minutes off the bench during one of those stretches when, to your point, there will be fans clamoring like, why didn't it? Yep. I don't know Isaiah Joe probably is going to continue to get minutes, but why didn't you know? So why didn't Kenneth Williams play more during that game? The Thunder could have won that one. They they lost in a really close one. Uh, I think we will continue to see those kind of of, of games, but. I don't expect to see more Lindy Waters like 20 minutes off the bench, you know, or 10 minutes off the bench, whatever it is. Uh, I think it will be a little more controlled in that sense and a little more competitive in that sense, just because this Thunder is playing at such a high level. So let me ask you guys this because, and Nick, you kind of let off with this on this question about guys having like games circled and they're not going to like, oh, this team doesn't care about winning. They're playing all these bench guys 30 minutes tonight. I feel like we are at like a solid top eight man rotation on this team, which is the five starters, Kaysen Wallace, Kenrich Williams, Isaiah Joe. Do you think that there is a chance that over the next month, two months, whatever, that they play around with that top eight or is that top eight going to stay pretty consistent as we move forward? And those, Hey, this guy gets a night. We've got a game circled for him. We're going to get uh, Usman Jang two weeks of burn. We're going to get this guy two weeks of burn. Comes as like ninth, tenth guy playing 12 minutes a game versus pushing them into that top eight. Like, do you feel like health notwithstanding, like let's ignore the health thing for a second, the injury thing, that those top eight guys just stay the top eight guys? I think on a regular basis, yeah. Like even thing on the, the circled games, it's not going to be like this guy plays the third most minutes. Right, maybe the seventh or eighth, and like maybe the maybe Kaysen plays nineteen minutes instead of twenty two or something. Like I could see that. I don't think I think the top the top eight is kind of the top eight right now. That's exactly kind of what I was getting at. I think my previous answer, I agree. And talking about getting guys burn and experience, those top eight have two rookies in it and a second year guy. Yep. That's still roster development. That's still there's, you know, yeah, there's three yeah. guys in that top eight that have not played 100 games of basketball yet in the NBA. Yep. That, that fourth quarter last night, seeing Kaysen take over uh, there in like more of the Lou Dort role when Lou was kind of struggling and Kaysen was playing really well. Like, I don't even know if Lou was struggling. I think they just liked that matchup. It, yeah. Yeah. And then they flip flopped it going into overtime. And Which, right, God yeah. bless Steph Curry. That oh man's been running gosh. ragged all night. And then, hey, it's overtime. We're going to bring in Lou Dort, who's only played 22 minutes so far. Exactly. <laughs> Enjoy. See, that's kind of the, the transition that I think we're starting to see. And I think we, we will see more of to Nick, Justin, all of, uh, Jacob, all of our points, um, which is exciting, right? Because that leads to a more competitive basketball team. I think that's just kind of the stage of this Thunder team that we're seeing. Um, but Again, 
we'll still see some ooze development minutes. And uh, I will say, like, nope, not a lot of Poku, even in this game. Um, we aren't going to see a lot of man, I don't think, moving forward. Like, we're, we're definitely starting to see those developmental minutes be uh, distributed elsewhere. I totally agree. Um, I just got to ask it. I got to ask it because fans ask a lot about it. I want to get us on record. First off, I don't think any of the four of us think they are making any sort of trade this year. If it is, it's something incredibly minor that has no impact on the team, right? Like trading your 14th or 15th man for a second round pick type of trade. The only caveat, and I think this is the thing like with the splashy trade in general, is like we know that we know that Presti stays ready. We know that Presti has the assets to do anything he wants, essentially. Like, if that right situation arose that none of us could foresee at this moment, he'll be yeah. there to pounce on it. It's like the PG trade, right? Yep. None of us saw that coming, but it was there and it was available and he had the assets to pull it off. It's so hard Same to see thing could that. be true this season, but it would have to be, like, the right guy in the right situation in the right scenario. I just think that happening is incredibly unlikely it's, it's i don't like, see it happening in season is the thing i mean a pg trade no but i, I think yeah. a, a bigger trade than we expect like you don't like let's say you go to costco to get your groceries for the week and there's this never chair. been at costco's oh it's sick <laughs> uh you walk in you're there just to get food and there's like this chair a piece of furniture tv i don't know whatever it is and it's on sale like you're getting incredible bang for your buck and you're like oh that would fit perfect in this room and like we already have a chair we already have a tv whatever it is but this this makes us this makes this room a lot better and it's like all about the value i think if presti's not going to go get zach levine if it's a bidding war for example right right but if zach levine all of a sudden was like incredible value and you could get him for pennies on the dollar won't be the case i think he explores it like not that trade specifically just as an example like presti is all about leverage. And if he can get a leverage deal, he will get a leverage deal. Yep. Anyway, finish your question. <laughs> what has to happen between now and the February trade deadline for your mind to shift and for you to be in the camp of maybe they should go make a bit of a splashier trade. Go get a fifth, sixth, seventh guy. Like a guy that's going to come in and play 20 plus minutes every night. I maybe it's, it's maybe it's not the Pascal Siakam or it's not the I don't know like the OG Ananobi, but it's a pretty seismic move for this team. Multiple firsts going out the door. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. I thought about that. What's what has to happen between now and February for your for you individually to think maybe they do need to do this? I mean, maybe the Thunder it is time. are at ten and four right now, right? And let's say they even just keep that up or they sur- continue, like maybe even surpass keep that. that up, they keep that up and they're at 30 harder. and 12. I'm right. They're first in the West. Like I won't I, see them make a trade because I've overdosed and died. <laughs> that's kind of my point. But like, at the same if, time, if, if you're at this pace at the deadline, why would you, why would that you make up? a trade? Exactly. You're doing something right. Exactly. So then if the Thunder tank on the other, not tank, but if they not tank in, the, in, the, in regards to how we think of tanking in the NBA, I'm just saying if the, the, you know, the, why am I going blank here? 
if if, if they no just clue. struggle and lose a lot consistently, I'm not sure I'm going to be clamoring for the Thunder to make a big trade to try and get back up to where they were here 14 games into the season. So I'm not sure. I think my answer is I don't think this is the season to do it regardless. I I stick to my original answer. I think that feeling gets accelerated if say the Thunder, you know, they're in second place in the West right now. If they're still in second place at the West and that like perfect fit situation, disgruntled star wants out, team wants to move on, change directions, like that situation happens. Maybe you do entertain not a full-on bidding war, but a little bit more aggressive negotiations to to bring that guy in. If the Thunder are like, wow, they're still, you know, top tier in the West and they could go bring in, like you said, Jeremy Grant, then that's that's a conversation worth having. Even if to your point, Nick, like they're rolling, why change it? Like, okay, you're adding Jeremy Grant, right? Like, it's not going to get worse, most likely. Um, it all depends on, like, what you'd have to give up to get that trade done. I think the biggest thing is, again, continuing to see what this team can do and what they're what they're capable of in this iteration. We've heard Presti say that. So it's not like us just hypothesizing. Like, Presti has told everybody that in plain language. Of, like, he wants to give every iteration of the team their opportunity to show what they can do i think the best way to do that with this team because of rookie chet and rookie Kaysen is to probably just let it ride out and i think we're already seeing the the positives of that i think there's a lot of opportunity to understand come playoff time right if that becomes the question what does this team do in the playoffs what does chet look like in a playoff game where he's got to go you know slow the game down and and play a little more physical down low. Like, what does that look like before you go pull the trigger and bring someone else in? It's kind of where I'm at. Now, I will entertain this question just a little more. Let's say that the Thunder are still top five in the West, to your point here. What'd you say, Jacob, like a month and a half? Or were you saying up into the trade deadline? Up into the trade deadline. Even up into the trade deadline. Um, and the Thunder continue to perform well, but we're still having the same exact conversations in February as we are now about Josh Giddy. He's not finishing games all the time. The fit's really struggling. Then I could kind of see maybe something a, a trade like that potentially happening, or at least a lot of fans kind of to, going back to what Justin was talking about earlier in the podcast. A lot of fans clamoring for something. Um, let's just trade Josh Giddy for Jeremy Grant, right? Like I, I could see some of that happening. To kind of answer your question, it's interesting. I I'm still under the belief that if they make a trade, they are trading up in the draft yep. and getting guys they want in the draft. If they trade for a player, I can't see them trading for somebody over 25. Agreed. Yeah. It's just where I'm at. I think yep. they want to trade for somebody that fits the timeline. They're not going to trade for a 27 or 28 year old. It just, that just doesn't make sense to me. And again, I just, I just want to shout out that dude on Twitter one more time for proposing uh, what was it? Bertons, Kenrich Williams, Josh Giddy, yeah, and multiple firsts for Zach Levine. Incredible. I think it was Schleck who responded to you, Jacob, saying like, "I wouldn't even trade Kenrich Williams straight up for Zach Levine right now." And I think that's exactly spot on. Not yep. in terms necessarily of like the two players in the vacuum, but the fit of the team and the impact that Kenrich has on this team. I, I think Ace Smoot's got my same idea. Go get Sar's little brother in the draft. Yeah, Alex Sar. He's currently projected number one uh, on Sam Vecini's big board. A lot, a lot of things can change. But uh, come on, Clippers. 
Help us out. Give us that pick. Just there are some really good fits, potential fits for again. I know it's not a top heavy draft. Uh, There's a lot of people talking down on it. There's some really good prospects right now that I'm really excited about. That I think the Thunder could get, you know, with either the Rockets pick or their own uh, that could have a real, uh, real both short term impact next season and long term as well. So not I'm with you guys. All right, let's move on and make our predictions of the week. Nick should be back here in just a second. He was having uh, some laptop problems, so hopefully we'll get Nick back in a moment. First, an update. I know Justin eventually is going to cook us up like a little graph I am, that we'll have each week. Not until I'm in first or place. Or Justin. Okay, so yeah, we're not fair getting a graph. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, I think you should get each of our faces on the graph and our I heads agree. Like, slide. I think that'd be cool. Jacob just keeps throwing requests at poor Justin. Like, hey. Yeah, I know. I'm used to it. Justin, just cook this up for me. <laughs> uh-huh. We have a three-way tie for first place after the Thunder went undefeated this week. 4-0, baby. Never lost. We have three uncontested members tied for the lead at five games apiece or five wins apiece. That would be JD, Taylor, and myself. Nick comes in second. With three games. Ooh. Justin's on the board. <laughs> Buddy. After Barely. an 0 for week one, Justin has now got two points because he predicted two wins this week. Hooray for me. Hooray <laughs> for Justin. <laughs> it's rough. I do not like it's a long season. I do not like not game by game predictions. I much preferred when we just had to like generally guess how many games they won in a week. <laughs> so much better. Well, this week is a short one. Only two games on the docket between now and next Sunday's podcast. The first one comes Wednesday night back in Paycom Center. Uh, Good chance that a majority of the young contested dudes will be at that game. So if you will be in in Paycom Wednesday night, hit us up on Twitter. We'll link up. We'll say what's up. Uh, We're going to have a good time. I'm pretty excited for it. In Paycom Center against a struggling Chicago Bulls team. There are trade rumors abound with Zach Levine. Now we kind of touched on that a little bit earlier. Apparently, Zach Levine like shoved a Bulls PR lady. I missed that. Last oh, night. I saw that. Okay, no, sorry, I did. But like, it, there, of course, there was PR done on the the back end of that, saying, "Oh, he he didn't realize who it was. He wasn't trying to." I, I don't know. Anyways. Well, the Bulls are twelfth <laughs> in the East at five and nine, and. uh the Thunder whooped them the first game of the season. Taylor, you're up first. What happens in the Chicago game come Wednesday night? I think the Thunder are going to take care of business again. I really do. Um, they're going to be back home. They have a little bit of rest. Hopefully we see J-Dub uh, back to 100%. Hopefully Kaysen's a little closer to 100% as he's been playing through that shoulder strain. Uh, so go ahead and give me the W against the Bulls. Uh, I can see it being very close. I don't think they're going to be quite as dominant at them being the Thunder as they have the past two games. Um, but I think they get the W before, before Thanksgiving. Justin, what do you got? Bulls are a dumpster fire. Thunder win by do- double digits. Ooh. I'm so excited to see what Chet does in this game. Mm-hmm. That was game one of him. You remember the... Um, oh, why am I going blank? The, the real big dude that's the bench player for the Bulls that crossed up Chet. Wasn't Drummond, was it? Uh, Andre no. Drummond. No, it yeah, was yeah. Drummond. Drummond. Was I'm awful. excited to see what Chet does now with all the experience <laughs> yeah. that he's gained over the past few weeks. God, that um, feels like a long time ago. I know, dude. It does. Uh, I am going W as well. 
Uh, if Nick comes back from the grave, we will get his prediction. Uh, Justin, we're starting with you here. Saturday night, the Philadelphia 76ers come to town. 76ers are second in the East at 10-3. and three. They have two bona fide superstars in Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey. Maxey's been incredible. Been I can't wait yep. for the Dort Maxey and the Kaysen Maxey matchup. Yes. It's going to be a blast. Um, the Shea Maxey. Like, I mean, it, it'll be fun. Going to be honest, a little bit scared about uh, Embiid versus Chet. We'll see. Embiid's I, a large man. I don't, <laughs> even, I don't even think. Anyway, you, you asked me yeah. your question first. Yeah, who even guards Embiid? To your point, Justin, it might not even be Jet. That's true. Put guard on him, Nick. You got to go fast. What happens um, Wednesday night against Chicago? Win or loss? Win. Okay. Boom. Just Justin, <laughs> Philadelphia on Saturday. What do you got? Listen, I'm at the bottom of the standings. I got nothing to lose. I got to get weird in order to make up some ground. That said, the Thunder are going to beat the Sixers on Saturday. Woo. Because Joel's going to do what Joel's going to do. I, I, I don't think it's a Chet-Joel matchup, right? Like, that that probably doesn't happen at all. Like, J-Will, probably some Kenrich, maybe somebody, like, even some sparse J-Dub minutes. Like, I think you're going to see it done by committee against Joel, and he's going to do what he's going to do. But you know who's not? is Tyrese Maxey. Oklahoma City's going to lock Maxey down. Joel can't do it by himself. Shea's going to be a superstar, and the Thunder are going to get a dub. I love it. Nick, what do you got? L. <laughs> Easy <laughs> enough. Taylor? I'm also going with the L. Um, again, to Justin's point, uh, before Nick jumped back on, once his, his laptop fired back up, uh, if, if we were just, like, I would have just gone one and one last year, and I could have totally, or I could totally see this being like L against the the Bulls and AW against the Sixers, but yeah, I'm gonna have to go an L. Like that would be four straight wins. The Thunder would be that'd be six straight twelve wins, or six straight wins difficult. and twelve and four. I mean, yeah, wild. Um, they're they're going to lose one this week, but Sixers is the most obvious one to me. I'll go loss Saturday as well, but if they win it, I will not be upset at all. This is my chance. This is my chance it is. to climb the standings. Let's take a, a break. Good, good hedge. On the other side, we will do some around the association. We'll be right back. Stick with us. And we are back. Gentlemen. Well, JD is not on the show tonight. But JD, here's your spot to drop the Around the Association sounder. I don't even know where you're sitting at. But... <laughs> Thank you, JD. Appreciate that. <laughs> I thought tonight we could look at the NBA standings in the Eastern and Western conferences. We all had our opinions on how the standings would fare out for the season. Um, we discussed like who might be in the playoffs, play in, Eastern and Western conference finals, all that good stuff. So I thought now at about 
13, 14 games in, we could go take a look at those standings. And I want you guys to tell me, as we look at these standings, in relation to where you think they will be at when the season ends, are they too high right now, too low right now, or just right? Let's start with the East, and we're going to start from the bottom and go up. Uh, and I'm just going to choose you guys. And we're, we got 30 teams, so we're going to go fast. Nick, Detroit Pistons are 15th in the East. Is that too high, too low, or just right? Too low by one. Wizards <laughs> are the worst team in the East. You think they're going to end up 14th? Fair. I saw a stat that Detroit has won three games since they traded. Um, that's insane. Sadiq Bay. Bay. That's, that's, they traded Sadiq Bay back in February. That's so <laughs> and they're starting Kevin Knox. God, they're bad, dude. They just signed <laughs> Kevin Knox. They're bad. Taylor, Washington Wizards, 14th in the East, 2 and 10, compared to where you think the season ends. Are they too high, too low, or just right? Just right. I think they, they finished in that bottom three regardless. I think they're just right. Justin, the Charlotte Hornets are at 3 and 9. They're 13th in the East. Too high, too low, or just right? Too high because they deserve nothing. Agreed. God, what a... Yep. I can't imagine being a Hornets fan. I'd have to stop. I literally would. I, I couldn't be a fan of that team. Uh, that front office has priorities so twisted up. Yep. Uh, I'll take this one. The Chicago Bulls at 5-9. and nine. Guys, I'm going to tell you, I think this is too high. Ooh. Because I think I like when the it. Levine trade happens, I think subsequently you are going to see the Vultures circle. Maybe they don't trade everything, but I could see them trading off pieces and just starting the rebuild they're bad they've been bad they knew what this roster was coming into this season they should have traded all the pieces before last draft um just a front office malpractice in my opinion nick the toronto raptors are 11th in the east at six and seven is that too high too low or just right uh too low i think they'll be in the plan picture um they're technically kind of tied for 10th, but uh, I think the 11th where they're slated here is a little bit too low. All right. Justin, the Brooklyn Nets are 10th in the East right now at six and seven. Is that too high, too low, or just right? Just right? I, I think they're fine. Um, I think they'll continue to be fine. I think we'll, we'll probably look at them at the end of the season and see them right in this spot kind of fighting for the play-in. I think yeah, I, I would... Totally agree with that, I think. I think this is exactly where I picture Brooklyn at. Taylor, the Atlanta Hawks are eight, or sorry, not eight and six. They are six and six, 500. Uh, the perpetual 500 Atlanta Hawks. They are ninth in the East right now. Is that too high, too low, or just right? I think it's just right. Uh, I was, you know, the, the Hawks got off to a super hot start, and I, I still just am not super high on them as a team. I look at uh, the teams above them. I don't really see them surpassing a lot of them. I think this is just right. They'll be a play-in team. Uh, I see them staying this this zone for the rest of the season. There's some guys on Atlanta. You you guys talked about the uh, the value trade. There's some guys in Atlanta that if they decided to move on, there's some value there. Absolutely. DeAndre Hunter comes to mind. Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson. Mind. Okay, see Thunder. Anyeka Kongwu comes to mind. Um, am I up next? Eighth, the Cleveland Cavaliers at seven and six, eighth in the East. Uh, I'm going to say too low. 
for Cleveland. I think there's too much talent. They started slow. They had injuries. I think they will climb this board. They are going to be better than eighth. Nick, the Indiana Pacers are seventh at seven and five. Is that too high, too low, or just right? Just right. I think they'll flirt with a skip of the play-in. Um, they've been really good to start. They got some really Number good one players. Offense. Yeah. Um, still feels like it's kind of like OKC this year. We'll get to the West, but like they're really good, but they're probably not ready to be that good. Justin, the New York Knicks are six. Technically, there's a three-way tie here at four, five, and six. Everyone's eight and five. But right now, the Knicks are sixth at eight and five. Is that too high, too low, or just right for the Knicks? I'll say just right. I was going to say too low that they could maybe go a little higher, but the context of the tiebreaker being four through six, I think that that feels just right. They're, they're going to be somewhere in that range. Brunson, still kind of awesome. I think he, he can take them places. RJ Barrett's been really good, too. He has been really good. I think the Knicks are a good team. Taylor, the Orlando Magic are currently at fifth in the East. They are eight and five. Is that too high, too low, or just right? I really like this Magic team. Uh, number one defense in the league that just beat the number one offense in the league in the Pacers earlier tonight. However, with all that being said, I think they're a little too high right now just because a lot of youth, which maybe is contradictory being a Thunder fan. Uh, I think it's a little different, though, comparing the two. I, I think the Magic are a little too high. I could see them kind of – I could see them getting a, a playoff spot instead of a play-in, but – Oh, see, I disagree. I think they're a play-in team. Top five seems a little too high. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm up at number four, eight and five, the Miami Heat. <sighs> Dude, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you do with the heat? Uh, just right, just because that's a cop-out. Yeah, they could be too high or they could be too low. I mean, who knows? Ooh. Nick, Milwaukee Bucks are third at nine and four. Is that too high, too low, or just right? Just right. I think Boston, Philly, and Milwaukee, with what they're going to do with the deadline, this continued Eastern Conference arms race, I don't think you could say any of them are too high or too low. I agree. This feels like a tear break, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Justin Philly at number two, too high, too low, just right. They just said it better than I could. I think it, they're just right. Philly's really good um, till Saturday, anyway. I ah, love there we go. They're they're another team that's ready to make a trade. Um, Taylor, same thing with Boston, number one, just right. Uh, I think you mentioned this at the top of the podcast, Jacob. They're number one in that rating. Is that right? At least they're top three. Uh, they've been mm-hmm. incredible with that Drew Holiday acquisition, even yeah. though he's banged up. They've yeah, been awesome. Just right. All right, let's move out west. Again, starting with Nick. 15th, the San Antonio Spurs at 3-10. and 10. Actually, three-way tie for 15th. But we're starting the way NBA.com has it set up. Spurs at 15. Too high, too low, just right. Just right. They're bad. It's not too high? <laughs> <laughs> They're bad. Justin, the team we just saw, the Portland Trailblazers. Too high, too low, or just right at 14? Just right. Also very bad. I think the Trailblazers are worse. That's just my opinion, though. They can't be worse. They're tied for last. Well, they'll, they'll, have, they'll have 14. Put they also 15. they had like three rotation players out tonight. This is true. <laughs> right. That's fair. More than three. Taylor at 13th. Oh, this is interesting. The Memphis Grizzlies too high, too low, just right. <sighs> Don't this, get cute. With the, I know. Uh, I, I think they're just right. Because I'm looking at the teams above them. This is the West. 
I mean, Marcus Smart's out for an extended period of time. We'll see what Jaw looks like when he comes back 25 games into the season, which we're getting closer to. I don't know. I'm not high on this. You think Memphis 13th Grizzlies in team. the West is just right for the Memphis Grizzlies? That's insane. Well, so are they going to jump the Jazz, Clippers, Warriors, maybe the Pelicans, Suns, yes, Lakers, Rockets? Yes. I think Jazz. All of them? I, I can see him going up one or two. Yeah. Guys, I had Isn't a bet. Isn't that just right? I had a bet that this team was going to be a play-in team at best, yeah. and I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, well. I think they'll be in the play-in, or they'll at least like end of the season be playing for it. 13th is way low. Agreed. I can see eleven or twelve. I God, I don't know if they get higher. No. Yeah, they're this. I think this thing's gonna get worse before it gets better. It can't. It is. How's we it, it gonna get worse? Their, we might I get to twenty-five games, either. and they might be like five and twenty. No way. No they're way. three and ten right now. That's not basically doing the exact same not, thing, except they just lost. Can't their wait best to see what Jaw. It, it all depends continue. on what Jaw looks like when he comes back. Is he engaged? Is he like fired up? Or uh, is he fired up for the wrong reasons off the court? He's firing something. <laughs> I'm up next. The Utah Jazz at 12. Guys, I think this is just about right. I think the Jazz have a lot of talent. They're a pretty decent team. I just don't see how they would climb, and I don't think they're bad enough to fall. I think 12 is just about where the Jazz should be, and they get to keep their first-round pick then, most likely. Um, I got 12 for the Jazz. I think that's good. Nick. The LA Clippers are eleventh in the West at four and seven. Is that too high, too low, or just right? Think that is too low. Not what you want to hear. Um, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. Do you think they're playing? I think they're playing team. Uh, I could see them being like seventh or eighth. Honestly, like this team has the talent to do so. Uh, they've got a lot of guys that we've said that about for the last half decade. Like these guys are talented enough to do it and they've never done it. Um, yeah, I think, I think not that they're an incredible team, but I, I think 11, like missing the, the plan is too low for their ceiling where they're going to be. Justin, the golden state warriors are 10th at six and eight on the season. Obviously they've played without Steph. Uh, they are without Draymond for another three games. And they just kind of look old and washed at times. 10 for Golden State. Is that too high, too low, or just right? I think I'm going to stick with too low, but it's not terribly far off. Like, again, I, I think they're they're probably somewhere in the play-in conversation come the end of the season. I think the, the injuries have definitely played a role in in how they've looked this season when they're healthy and when they're clicking, they still have, you know, flashes where they look like they can bury teams. The flashes are less frequent than they used to be, but I think that that'll be good enough to get them plenty of wins this season. All right, Taylor, the new Orleans Pelicans are six and seven. That's good for ninth in the West. Is that too high, too low, or just right? I get another fun one here. Um, I think the safe answers say that they're just right, but I actually think they're a little too high because we think that teams like the Clippers and Warriors are going to jump up. And again, I'm looking at the teams above them in the standings. Zion's getting frustrated. I think they're I think they're too high. I could see them going back down to that 11, 11, 12 range. That would be bad for the Pelicans. Good for the rest of us. I get the Phoenix Suns. They are currently at seven and six. Good for eighth in the West. I'm going to say too low. 
And I know they've had injuries, but 13 games in, the experiment just doesn't look to be working. Uh, Beal's going to be out for more time. They did have Booker and KD together today and had to go to double OT against the Utah Jazz. It's turns out mortgaging everything and filling your bench with borderline NBA players maybe isn't the best thing. <laughs> yep. So KD's still good. He's yeah. still good. Booker's six, still good. Maybe six for Phoenix, skipping the play in, but yeah. I don't. Maybe they get to top three. I don't know. I, it's hard to kind of see. Uh, I think Nick bailed on us. So, Justin, you are up. His the Los Angeles Lakers at seven. You You're skipped seven the team. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. The Suns. I just, he, he I just, just did, did the Suns. You're missing a team in here. Wait, are you sure? Oh. The- oh. <laughs> It's because uh, your standings have not updated with the results of tonight's game. Oh, oh, okay, fair enough. Good point. Let me reload then. The six and five Houston Rockets. There you go. Out. Yes, you That's get point. the Houston Rockets. Sorry, I didn't upload. Good point. Uh, I I, try, I pulled this up before the either. game. And I was look. I was looking at mine on my own screen, and I thought, man, Nick picked a bad time for his internet <laughs> to go out. Yep. Oh, he's yeah. back. Do we give it back to Nick? I think we let Nick have it. Nick, Nick, the Houston Rockets. You've gotten, yeah. Seventh in Houston Rockets, six and five. Nick, too high, too low, just right. They moved since I left the stream. They were six that's, before I left. That's uh-huh. a, yep, we had to, re- we just, wow. had to refresh it. Wow. Justin called us out on the My Wi-Fi right. went out. They fell below the playoff line. <laughs> we uh, just did that. Is there a correlation there? Yes. Uh, we just need to cut <laughs> Nick's Wi-Fi line forever. Feels <laughs> uh, a little high. I think they will be a play-in team but I don't think it'll be a hosting playing team. Okay. So you're going nine or 10. I mean, they went toe to toe with the Lakers and the Clippers and they're really good before. Like they're not a bad team. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Justin six, the soft. Los Angeles Lakers at eight and six. Is that too high, too low? Just right. I think this one might be just right. Again, a team that's shown like flashes of really good basketball and flashes of just like hot garbage. Uh, but that's just kind of been the Lakers for like a good while now. And I think that'll continue and that'll, that'll end you up about the sixth seed. I, um, I worry about a team that plays Cam Reddish this much. True. Fair. Might be time for a trade. Clutch client, Cam Reddish. At fifth, the Dallas Mavericks, nine and five on the season so far. Taylor. Five for Dallas. Too high, too low, just right. Too high. It's an easy answer, but I'm going with their five and five of their last 10. Uh, I understand that Kyrie and Luca both almost dropped 40 apiece tonight, but you can't just rely on that. Speaking of depth issues, I think that the Mavericks have that. So uh, I think that's too high. All right. I am up next with the Sacramento Kings at eight and four. They are fourth in the West. I think just about right. I think just about right. They're a talented team. Very good offensively. We saw what they did in the playoffs last year. I think four is is just fine for them. I could see them. If you gave me the range of three to six for the Kings this year um, to bet on, I'd bet on it. Yeah. I'd feel pretty good about that. Nick, I feel like this is an easy one. Denver Nuggets, 
third at nine and four for the season. Too high, too low, just right. Too low with Jamal. They're the best team in the league. I don't think it's close either. Yeah, agreed. They're they're the number one seed in the West. Yeah. Justin. Yuck. You're going to make me do it. <laughs> Yuck. At number two in the West is the Oklahoma State Thunder, 10 and four on the season. Is two too high, too low, or just right for OKC? Too low, baby. <laughs> no, uh, it's it's too high. It's too high. It has to be too high. We It's been so much fun, but it's too high. It's too much. I agree. I'm going to put you on the spot, though. Oh, boy. After seeing 14 games, <laughs> if you had to draw a line somewhere on these standings and say, this is the floor, this is the basement, I don't think they're dropping below this. Again, turning injuries off. Yeah. Where's that line? I Before the season, I felt like they could be a playoff, not a play-in team, and I stand by that. I think I feel slightly more confident about that than I did when I actually made that uh, confident assumption. Yeah. I'm with you. But I it, I also it, said playoffs not play in, and I've nothing has dis, like dissuaded me from that. I feel even more confident than that than ever. They're a top six team in the West. Yep, it'd be very disappointing if they drop out of that top six after this start. I don't think I'd go that far because there's just so much that I'd can be happen. <laughs> I'd I mean, be like personally, if they don't make the playoffs, to be disappointed. I would if they be disappointed drop into play in and have to work their way up through the plan to get to the play. Like I'd be disappointed after the start. Again, I'd be disappointed on a personal level, but I, you, I don't think it would be a disappointment as a team. You also got to realize they're, they're two and a half games. I think they could drop their next three and be right back in the play in. And then Correct. it's like, that start didn't matter. Correct. You know, it's not like they're up. It's not like they're have an eight game lead and drop that of the it's, there's a lot of game. I mean, the, the Houston Rockets, where they dropped these last few, or the Dallas Mavericks have lost their last like three games or something like right. that. They were they, number number one running away with it. If they fart around with the Bulls and then lose to the yep. Sixers, they could be in the play. Like they could yeah. be in the play in by yeah. next Sunday. Yeah, I get the last one. Number or no, Taylor gets the last one. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to skip you, Taylor. Number one in the West, the Minnesota Timberwolves at nine and three. Too Tim high, Hall. too low, just right. We're all biased here on the uncontested in regards to a certain player on the Timberwolves. But I, I mean, number one in the West is too high. Um, again, I think the Timberwolves could be a playoff team and not a play-in team, but number one in the West seems a little oh. too high. Shout out to Anthony Edwards, though. I'm going to take it a step farther, Taylor. I feel very, very strongly that Minnesota's home court team in the playoffs in the first round. I think they're Ooh. top four in the West. Wow. They've been I didn't think you were going to do that. Their yeah. defense is outstanding. Jaden McDaniels is so damn good. And Edwards is ascending. The three bigs that they have on the team are actually working out. Cat's playing much better. Uh, I think they're really good. I think they're a top four team in the West. Mark, Mark tonight's night down. The night Jacob complimented the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hey, Rudy Gobert can go to hell and die as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> in that order. In that order. <laughs> But uh, I think I think they're a really, really good basketball team. I've been really impressive. I think Nick is frozen in place. We lost him again. He has put something in the chat. <laughs> it's a great look for Nick. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think we keep him up on here. I mean, 
No, I'll cut him out. <laughs> I think if you if you hadn't called it out, I don't know that I would have known. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what Nick does. <laughs> awesome. Hey, that's going to do it for the uncontested tonight. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. If this was your first live stream, uh, incredible. We appreciate you so much. If it's your millionth live stream, you rule. Again, thank you so much. Go check out our merch at Cotton Bureau. Justin, do you mind dropping that link in the chat so everybody can see it? If you are trying to put things on a, a Christmas list, if you are trying to buy things for those Thunder fans in your life for the holidays, I would encourage you to hit up CottonBureau.com. We've got a lot of awesome designs, including Justin's most recent Mona Lisa, his Thunder World Tour t-shirt. It's just chef's kiss. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. New designs are dropping all the time whenever Justin has free time from work and the kids. So uh, maybe you guys will see some new stuff coming up. We will be back Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve, for those of you in the States. If you're not from the States, uh, it's just a Wednesday pod. Uh, we will see who's recording that, as I think a lot of us may be at the game Wednesday night. If you will be in Paycom Wednesday night, holler at us. We'd love to meet up, say hi. We'll bring some stickers with us as well, and out some stickers, so that'll be cool. You guys have a great start to your week. Just ride the high, man. The vibes are great. The team is awesome. Enjoy it. And we'll be back Wednesday after the Thunder take on the Chicago Bulls. Until then, as always, Thunder up. <laughs>